From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Well, it's a known fact that while many young people were spared the harshest physical consequences of COVID-19, they certainly suffered a lot of terrible mental health consequences. I mean, the CDC doctor recently released data that suggested that one in four adults ages 18 to 24 have, com- have considered suicide. What are you making of all of this? Well, you know, Linda, uh, look, this has been a problem. Uh, it's getting worse every year before the pandemic, and now it's absolutely terrible. The ages of 18 to 25 is the highest at-risk group of all ages. One study also said 51% of young Americans say they feel down or depressed or hopeless. 51%. Yeah, a lot of surveys are coming out. Like a Harvard survey recently said a startling 68% say they have little or no energy. 59% say they have a lot of trouble sleeping. 52% find little pleasure in doing things. Can you remember being that age? When did you ever have trouble with pleasure in doing things? Linda, it's a whole different era, you know, right now. I think some of it is kind of has become like learned helplessness. And that's really what causes depression. The kids are feeling powerless, feeling kind of helpless and depressed. And there's a major escalation now, just like there was a physical illness with the virus. Now we're seeing the mental aspect of the virus. Now, I remember talking to you, oh, about eight months ago. Now, certainly these are incredibly high and growing statistics, but we're not really shocked because even before the COVID, we had an alarming percentage of young adults who were depressed than more than ever before. And you attributed it to, among other things, the cell phone, too much time on your devices, too much time on your laptops, watching movies, not being social, not having face-to-face time with friends. That was certainly part of it. You know, nowadays, A lady, Ellen Bernstein, she did this Harvard study and she studied all these kids and she found like 28 percent of them had all these depressive symptoms like sleep disturbances, loss of interest, decreased concentration, weight changes, slow down in suicide. She that was like a, a recent Harvard study. So, okay, so we know that 18 to 25-year-olds are struggling with their mental health, right? Yeah. Because of all the things you were talking about. But now you throw in the pandemic, and this has just become epic, an epic tragedy. A lot of traumas this last year that kids are going through, you know, the racial violence, their parents being unemployed. I mean, these kids are worried. They're not They're not graduating in person. Um, Just lack of face-to-face time with friends. What what do you think of all of this? I mean, you have always administered, treated this sector, this this 
uh, population of young people in your long career? Have you ever seen it this bad? I'm never. I, I, my office is in Coral Gables, right across from the University of Miami. So for years, you know, I've been seeing uh, a lot of these kids. And now what I see is their education has really been disrupted. Um, and they are not graduating or they, their friends aren't there or they're worried about their families. I mean, everything's all disrupted. Then also I've seen younger people who've had like jobs in the lower spectrum, like hospitality, going to school and so forth. And they don't have any money and they're, they're really in bad shape. And then there's the whole like developmental issue here you know they're the first time the kids are kind of separating you know from uh, from their homes there's they're, they're kind of seeking their identity they're uncertain um, and they're separating from the families so it, there's really a developmental issue here and it's really even much more severe in the pandemic yeah and then you're also having this terrible self-medication problem I mean, uh, opioids. I mean, people are self-medicating because, okay, I'm depressed. I've got to just block this out. I've got to drink alcohol. I've got to take these drugs just to numb my pain. Oh, Linda, that is, you know, really uh, the end common pathway here. You know, that the kids are away from home. The parents don't know what they're doing and they're drinking. And we've had a very bad uh, opioid crisis down here. It's, luckily, it's getting in better. But it's been really bad. And you put these things together like a deadly mixture. Okay, so we see things just escalating out of control, you know, um, and this isn't something a vaccine is going to take care of, right? The vaccine was to protect us from the COVID. But the effects, the mental health effects of COVID to the younger generation, what do we do about that? I mean, this is a crisis. Well, you know, Linda, it's not an easy solution. You know, one of the first things that comes to mind is just it has to be stop the stigma. You know, like, you know, kids, are, it's stigmatizing to go, you know, to get some mental health problems. So kids are kind of like alone and they're already like kind of, kind of feeling like worthless and helpless. And now they're stigmatized. You know, it, it, they feel like they are and, and they don't come. So uh, to therapy or any kind of treatment. And then we have you know, serious consequences. I think, look, the message has to be the kids can't go it alone and they got to reach out for help. Colleges need to get more resources for the kids. You're right. More resources. I mean, we have resources for the unemployed. Why can't we have resources for people that are suffering from from mental health issues during the pandemic, these young kids, schools having more guidance counselors, more psychiatrists, more psychologists, pathways to get help. Yeah, the kids really have to have more services. And that's what we're really talking about. And less of a stigma so they don't feel alone. I agree. And if you know anyone who is in crisis, I want you to call the National Suicide Prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 because there is help out there in my opinion not as much as as there should be but if you see something any of your friends your children get them help please absolutely you know it's it, it's it takes a lot 
you know, to help a friend, uh, be aware that these things do happen and uh, reach out if the person who's in danger isn't you reach out. Well, shifting our focus, I want to get into something very, very positive. Um, something that people don't do enough. And that is offering a compliment, a sincere compliment. Now, this is, this is interesting. We all know compliment makes you smile. But there was a study that came out that receiving a compliment has the same positive effect as receiving money. What do you think about that? Well, believe it or not, that is there's a lot of truth to it. If we get into some of the neuropsychiatry, but just uh, real briefly, uh, compliments affect a part of the brain called the striatum, and it also um, activates more dopamine, which is like, and the whole reward system of the brain. So there's good uh, correlation between, you know, getting some cash or bonus and, or something like that, or reward, a compliment, a sincere yeah. compliment. Yeah. And remember, compliments are free. I mean, how many times do we think of saying, oh, I think your dress is so pretty or wow, you know, you're really good at your job, but people just don't do it. Am I wrong in saying that maybe in days of, of past, people did it a lot more? Well, it, it seems that way. You know, I think um, it's kind of a learned skill. It really helps the person, not only who's are getting it, but the person who's giving it. So there's a whole thing that goes on. You know, I'm an old fan of Mark Twain. And this is what he said. He said, if I get a good compliment, he said it was good to help me out for two months. That was oh, wow. Mark Twain. I so, guess it didn't uh, take Mark much, you know, make him happy. <laughs> didn't take much to make Mark happy. <laughs> well, you remember the books that were tough. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, compliments, obviously they have to be sincere. But yes. you know, you know, especially for the elderly, you know, when do you know if you see an elderly gentleman or lady and you know they they you like their smile or you know their pretty dress. I mean, come on, let's just give it up. Let's say, hey, Mr. So-and-so, I really like that hat you're wearing. That red really brings out the blue in your eyes. You, like Mark Twain, you've made his year. I mean, and, and you feel great because he's going to get such a glowing smile. Absolutely. I mean, I think what we do here, we're trying to do in the podcast is kind of what we, I call the Hawthorne effect, that you shine light on something and bring it like to consciousness. Like, well, who would ever think about compliments, you know? So we're thinking about it and maybe now, maybe people will start doing it a little bit more. And it's a real positive thing, you know, to do. We should all get into the habit. And what a time to be giving compliments with all this depression around us, cave syndrome, Let's lure people out of the cave with compliments. Compliments help us uh, with our attitude, um, with our self-esteem. More bosses should know the power of compliments, right? If you want a team to work for you, tell them what, what, what are they doing right and well. I totally agree. You know, uh, unfortunately, we kind of live in a culture of negative reinforcement. Uh, positive reinforcement with uh, compliments uh, is certainly a step in the right direction. I totally agree. And 
we're almost out of time. So I want to end this podcast by telling you that you are one of the most delightful, positive, and complimentary people I've ever met. Oh, thank you. That was so nice of you. I appreciate that. No, that's, true. Yeah, I really do. Good. A lot thank of people you. can learn from you. Oh, that's good. Well, you what, know, I believe in it, so uh, I like to pass it on. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. lesson to for everyone to take into account. And I want to wish everyone a great week. So have a good positive attitude and give a compliment out this week to somebody who really needs it. Great idea, Linda. Everybody give somebody a compliment this week. We'll see you all All next week. Take care. Bye-bye. From Bregman MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.